Welcome to the Colonial Church STA podcast. The vision of Colonial Church is to build an exciting, vibrant, Bible-based church right here in the heart of St. Augustine, Florida. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. Oh man, Vision Sunday is so exciting and I've just been talking about it all week. I feel like I've been talking about it for weeks and weeks because it's just one of the most exciting times in our church. It's sort of if you think of the church calendar, the way I look at it anyway, is sort of, you know, Resurrection Sunday is at the top, obviously, and, and then, you know, Christmas, I think, is right along with that, the birth of Jesus and Resurrection Sunday. And then for me, right underneath it is, is Vision Sunday. Vision Sunday, you know, maybe this is just an informational message right now, but for next year, just so you know, it's one of the biggest days in our church. It really is because it's the opportunity that I and Jill have to cast a vision for the future. The Bible says that without vision, the people perish. Several different translations say that people cast off restraint or literally run wild. And vision is so important in our lives. We need to know what God has ahead for us. And it's our job, like Bob said, to, to, to lead the church and to have vision for the church and to, to lead the church into the future. And so that's why it's so important for you to be here on Vision Sunday. I'm so glad you made it. And it's really good. Why don't you turn to the person next to you and say, I'm glad you're here too. And then the person on the other side, just so they don't feel left out. But it's an important, important time in our church as we cast vision. We also get a chance to celebrate. Celebrate everything God. Can you believe it's been three years? It's awesome. But it went so fast. But, you know, we started our church in our living room as a Bible study, and um, just had full of, you know, a, a heart full of vision and faith and really believed God was going to use it and do something. And um, then what we did was we sort of started to get serious about this thing called a church. It sort of needed to graduate a little bit past a Bible study. But um, what we were doing, monthly gatherings, we were taking a little bit of time to to sort of strengthen the teams and get people ready. You need a worship team that has, you know, more than just a couple of people. So we're taking our time with it. And, and I got a, a real word from God during that season that we needed to go slow so we could go fast. And that came through Pastor Gary Clark, who's uh, pastor Hillsong London. And I was, I was at a meeting out in Phoenix with Jill and we, we sat down and he gave me that word and I, I took it seriously. And I said, okay, that's what we're going to do. We're going to go slow because in the future, once we get going, we can't slow down. And we're going to have to keep going at that pace. So we're going to go slow so we can go fast. And so we did that. And, but what we started doing was we started to do these Sunday leadership meetings in my house. And um, that was so great. And I just wanted to take a moment and honor some of the people that have been with us through the whole journey. Um, since those days in our living room, at one point, I think we had maybe 70 or 80 people. I think we might even have a picture of what it, what it looked like. Um, so I was thinking it'd be really cool. If you were part of those visions, uh, those Leadership Sunday meetings at our house, could you stand up real quick? Is that okay? Can we give those people an awesome congratulations for sewing in? And It's awesome. You can be seated. Thank you. But those were such powerful 
powerful Sunday mornings. It's where we got a chance to obviously study God's Word and get into God's Word, but it was where that we got to sort of frame the culture of Colonial Church and talk about who we are as a church and some of the, the filters we believe we need to have in place, like the filter of faithfulness. We talk about that all the time and build the teams and really inspire people that this is where we're going as a church and we're not here to do it on our own. From the very beginning, Jill and I have always said, we're not doing this on our own. This is not our thing. It's our thing. It's for all of us to build. We might be leading it. God may have given us a vision for it, but we're doing this together. We are all in this together. So I hope you're up for that because that's still how we feel about it today. So it's good, good stuff. And I'm excited about tonight. I want to preach for a little while. So if you've got your Bibles, why don't you open up to Hebrews chapter 11, where we were last week. We're going to go a little bit further along in that chapter. But I'd love to sort of continue this, this theme or this idea about pioneering, because that's what our church is called to do. That's what we've been called to do as a church, to pioneer a way. So in Hebrews chapter 11, I spoke last week from verse 8, which was all about Abraham's faith and him stepping out and knowing that he was called and going and living in a, in a land that he didn't know and then having the, the faith and the, the, the belief that God had called him. So he stepped out in faith and he risked. He put risk on the table and faith is spelt R-I-S-K. Or risk is spelled F-A-I-T-H, whichever way you want to do it. But you can't have any measure of faith if you don't have risk. They just don't, they just, you can't separate them. There's got to be some measure of risk involved. So we're picking it up here in verse 23 of Hebrews 11. I'm reading from the ESV. It says this, by faith, everybody say by faith. Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that the child was beautiful. I can very, I can relate to that. I can relate to that. Beautiful. That child, just kidding. I thought I was going to get more laughs than that. <laughs> and they were not afraid of the king's edict. Again, verse 24, by faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Verse 25, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin, he considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt. For he was looking... To the reward. By faith he left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By faith he kept the Passover and sprinkled the blood, so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch them. Let me pray. Lord, we just thank you, Father, for the power of your word. Lord, thank you this Vision Sunday that we can have expectation, Lord, for you to work and move and do something in our lives, Lord, corporately as your church, but also individually as your people. So, Lord, we thank you for that truth. Lord, thank you that Jesus, Jesus' blood is what changes our lives and has changed the game for all of us, Lord. So, Father, we give, uh, we give you honor. We give you praise. Lord, this Vision Sunday, thank you for three years, Lord. Thank you for three years of amazing uh, opportunity, Lord, to pioneer something in our city. Father, it's so awesome and we're so grateful, Lord, for all that you're doing in our church and a faith-filled church said together, amen. amen, amen. We're all called to pioneer. Every single one of us is called to pioneer. You might have walked in here tonight not knowing that, but you should know that you are called to be a pioneer. In some way, God has called you to be a pioneer. I wonder what God wants you to pioneer. I wonder what he wants you to step out, like, like Abraham, like Moses, like all the faith pioneers. What is he calling you to step out, literally to step out in faith and believe for? 
and a pioneer for. There's something. I mean, look at Moses. He pioneered by faith. He stepped out by faith. He conquered by faith. But he was a pioneer. A quick reminder of what pioneers do. I just want to quickly remix and recap last week. But pioneers are this. Pioneers are visionaries. See, Moses, he had a vision. He saw the reward, it says. Pioneers, they take risks. They aren't happy with the status quo. That's something about pioneers. They're not happy with the current situation. They think there's something better. They, they want to believe for something better. They want to try to find something better. That's what pioneers do. They take risks. They're not happy with the status quo. A pioneer is called and is stepped out to search for the new land, the new frontier, the new possibility, the new dream. Maybe that's a word for someone in here tonight. I wonder what the new dream is that God wants you to pioneer, to believe again, to believe for God to give you a new dream. And your life might not look like it has much dreamy stuff going on right now. But can I encourage you, friend? God is the God who helps you start again. He gives you new beginnings. He helps you pioneer something new again. A pioneer searches out new lands, discovers new possibilities. Pioneers chart a course. Though previously uncharted, they chart the course through new waters and new territories. A pioneer reaches the unreachable. I love that. They reach the unreachable where people have said, you can't reach that place. They find a way to reach it. They find a way to get there. They find a way to go to that place and overcome and pioneer. Pioneers take what was previously inaccessible and they create access and availability for others. That's what pioneers do. Or in other words, pioneers make a way for others. Sometimes maybe if they don't even know that that's what they're doing, that's what they do. They make a way for other people. They might think, I'm going to sit out and try to find that new place. I'm going to set out and try to build that new thing. I'm going to set out and try to build this life for myself. But what God does with it is incredible because He makes a way for other people. You begin to build this life for yourself. And I've seen people do it. They step out in faith and say, I need to build this thing that God's called me to build. In the beginning, they think it's one-dimensional. They think it's just about them. They think, oh, it's just this is going to benefit me. This is going to benefit my family. This is going to benefit my sphere of influence right here around me. But what they don't realize is God has got a bigger plan. God has got something greater He wants to do. God's going to take your pioneering dream and your pioneering effort. He's going to multiply it. He's going to press it down. He's going to make it unshakable. And He's going to bring about something awesome for so many other people. And that's what we are called to do as a church. That's exactly what a colonial church is called to do. Pioneer. Pioneer a way, friends, for others. That's why it's not about Jill and I. Yes, we might be the pastors and we thank God for that opportunity. But can I encourage you, friend, we're thinking about other people. We're thinking about the opportunity to make a way. I think about those doors. Every time I get up here and I preach, I'm looking at those doors. It's just the way it is. I'm looking that way. There's doors back there. But I think about those doors as the access point for people to come in. See, that's the thing about pioneering. We make a way for other people to come in here and hear the message of Jesus. Pioneering is powerful. So my points last week were this. So if you weren't here, you're lucky because I'm recapping my points. <laughs> Number one, pioneers are willing to step out. Pioneers take steps. That's just what they do. There's no such thing as a pioneer who doesn't step out. Pioneers step out. 
When pioneers are called, they are willing to step out. That's what Moses did. I mean, look at the pioneering steps in this passage, if you could put it up on the screen one more time. But look at it in verse 24. Speaking about Moses, he refused to be called the sons of Pharaoh's daughter. Verse 25, he chose rather to be mistreated with God's people. He chose. Verse 26, he considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth. Verse 26, why? Because he was looking to the reward. So what are the words there? He refused. He chose. He considered the reproach of Christ to be greater wealth than Egypt. And he was looking to the reward. That's pioneering work. It's awesome. Point number two, pioneers understand the cost, the cost of paving a way. Can I encourage you, friend, if you want to pioneer anything in life, it's going to cost you something. When it comes to the kingdom of God, it'll probably cost you everything, but it's so worth it. Why look back to the treasures of Egypt when you've got God right in front of you? The cost of paving a way. But I love this, your yes defines your no. When you say yes to pioneering work, what are you ultimately saying no to? You're saying no to a whole lot of other things. Saying no to mediocrity. You're saying no to passiveness. You're saying no to laziness. You're saying no to this sense of, oh, just chill and take it easy. Sometimes we do get to chill, but other times we have to get up out of bed, off the couch and go and pioneer. It's just the way it is. Just today I was looking out my window at home. And I was looking at the grass like I do sometimes. <laughs> Just thinking about the seasons changing and the effect it's going to have on my grass and how often I have to mow it and things I'm going to have to do. I mean, this, this is what I love. But I was looking out, I was just like, man, it's just so nice. It would just be so nice just to go out there and grab my mower, take my time, look after the grass, do a little bit of edging, a little bit of weed eating, just enjoy it. But no, I had to get to church. I had to go and pioneer. I had to go and do this thing called church. It wasn't just all chilling for me this afternoon. But my point is this. Sometimes you've got to look at those things and say, I'm going to lay it aside for a moment. And I need to go do what God has called me to do. And when we do that, it's so much better to look forward to what God has for you than to look at the grass. Pioneers understand the cost. The yes defines the no. And what happens is a pioneer spirit begins to develop. A pioneering spirit begins to develop and the overcomer appears. The overcomer appears out of the distance. And you begin to get this sense, man, I love this pioneering stuff. It's great. It's awesome. You cannot be a pioneer and not be an overcomer. When it comes to whatever God's calling you to pioneer, friend, in your life, whether it's to be to pioneer a first-generation Christianity in your line, whether it's to pioneer a great prayer life or be the first person maybe that you know of that is putting to go, choosing to put God first, whatever it is it's you're choosing to pioneer, can I encourage you, you're going to have to have the spirit of an overcomer. You're going to have to overcome some things if you want to pioneer. It's just the way it is. And my last point was this, pioneers find a way when there is no way. They find a way when there is no way. When the world around you might say, it can't be done, pioneers say, I'll find a way. I'll make it work. When the air conditioning's not working in the building, we'll find a way to make it work. When the kids' rooms seem too small for all the kids we have, we'll make a way. 
When there's challenges, we'll make a way. When there's obstacles, we'll pioneer and make a way. When there's things coming at us left and right, seems like the enemy's trying to attack us. Like Andrew Denton said, under attack, you're on track. We've got to keep pioneering away. And now I believe by the glory of God, because of God, that's what we've been able to do for three years. But I believe that we're only just getting started. In fact, I almost feel like in some senses we haven't even begun. We're just beginning. It's just the starting stage. Like I don't, I don't even feel this sense of um, I'm tired or I'm over it at all. I actually feel like we're just beginning. We're just getting started. I feel like maybe we haven't even really approached real church yet. Which is crazy because that's definitely not the case. We are a real church. But it's great. So I just want to celebrate for a moment some of the things that God has done. But it's just been so cool just to see. But this year alone, I mentioned this last week, let this one slip through the cracks. But if we could throw up the slide with a few of the awesome stats from this year. But we've seen 253 decisions for Jesus this year alone. Come on, let's give God some praise for, for changing lives. And 253 lives that have been changed. Either new decisions for Jesus or recommitments to Him. We counted every single one this year, and we're only in November. In November or October? October. Almost. 116 people have gone through essentials. So those new Christians, this is important, because people who make a decision for Jesus, we've got to help them along the way somehow. So essentials is designed for everyone in our church, but especially the people that put their faith in Jesus. 116 people have gone through essentials, have gone through that process, understood what our faith is about, understood what our, our, our church is about, been given practical handles of what to do next when it comes to reading the Word and praying and being in community, 116 people, and then 41 baptisms as well, which is awesome. Let's give God some praise for that. I love it. I love it. We've, as a church, served at many different things in the community, local outreaches like Dining with Dignity and sort of much bigger stuff we've done as well. We've been a part of Care Fest as well this year. It's been great. It's been awesome to be a part of that. We began a strategic partnership with Compassion International this year, which is awesome. So we're now a Compassion uh, Partner Church. And on day one, 50 lives were changed. The day we introduced Compassion, we saw 50 child sponsorships taken up just like that. Amazing. 50 lives completely changed on day one. But it's been an awesome journey up until this point. You know, we've been through four different venues as a church, which is so cool. We started off at the Pumpkin Church on King Street, which we call it the affectionately known as the Pumpkin Church. Uh, First United Methodist Church was so great to, to give us their um, auditorium, I guess, as the first place we did church. And then we went to the Pioneer Barn, which is very aptly named. I would, I would, I would just want to mention that. It's called the Pioneer Barn. We did one service there and we realized we can't do this anymore. So we need to find somewhere else. Then we went to the Lewis Auditorium, which was awesome at Flagler College. And man, I love that venue. But, you know, then we found our way to the Armory. But we also uh, had a stop off at the Parlor Room um, up here on San Marco, a little bit further up. And that was great. But the Armory has been our home and it's just been awesome. We've grown from one service to two services as a church, which is awesome. And it's just been fantastic. Our teams have grown. Our ministries have grown. People's lives are being changed. 
not by us, but by the power of God working through His church. But it all equates to being positioned to be able to pioneer forward as a church, to move forward. And I believe that's what we're always called to do as a church, is to pioneer something, to keep moving forward. And I just wanted to share with the whole church uh, tonight, but there are three different ways that I kind of look you know, big picture-wise at our church, three areas of church that I really focus on uh, and we focus on as a team, but there are three major areas. But the first is worship. And so worship is an area in our church that we believe is one of the most, one of the most important areas of our church. I mean, you just witnessed it tonight. Our team puts a lot of effort in. We really do everything we can to lead our people into the presence of God. Psalm 96 says this, Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless His name, tell of His salvation from day to day. Worship is so important and so powerful in our lives and we will always be a worshipping church, no matter what. And then the other thing we think about a lot is the, the Word. So the Word being preached, we always lead with the Word of God from the pulpit. We always consider the Word of God. We preach messages out of the Word of God. We believe for that, but we never put the Word of God aside. It's one of the most important things in our church. We believe the Word of God changes people's lives. It washes over people. And it's amazing. It's incredible when you see it go out. And it's incredible. Me as a pastor, I can stand down here on the platform after a service and I have five different people tell me five different words from the same passage that they got, five different angles they took it from. And I'm just like, it's God's Word. It's incredible. It's amazing. So worship and the Word. But the other thing that we think broadly about and we put a lot of effort into as, as a church is kids ministry so they're the three areas worship the word and colonial kids and colonial kids is just exploding exploding I asked pastor Bob for some statistics before tonight and I said to him you know how many how many kids do we even have I mean like they just they just seem to pop out of the cracks and just like it's just turn around the corner and there's more kids, you know. And he said to me this, he said, under the age of 18, in our church, we have 280. 280 people under the age of 18. And obviously that includes, you know, um, high schoolers and middle schoolers and whatnot. But our kids ministry and the, the youth in our church is exploding and it's massive. So, we need to get rolling with a few announcements tonight, but I just wanted to start off and lead with that. But we're so excited to announce to the whole church tonight that Liz Creasy and Aaron Creasy are our kids' pastors now. So can we give it up for Liz and Aaron? Can we welcome them up here? Come on. Come on up. Jill, come on up. Yeah, we've got a, some stuff on the screen right now from Colonial Kids, but it's just awesome. But these guys have been, you, you can sit down, this, these guys have been pioneering alongside us for a little while now. They moved down here. How long has it been since you've actually moved down from Charleston? Ten months. Ten months. And um, it's just been amazing, you know, uh, an answer to prayer in a lot of ways because Last year, if you remember from Vision Sunday last year, I really believe God had said to me that He was going to position the right, the right people at the right time into the places in our church that we needed people to be. And um, these guys have been an answer to that prayer. 
And God has really blessed us with you guys. And so we just wanted to, even though it's been official for, I don't know, few weeks now, maybe a month or whatever, but we just wanted to this Vision Sunday celebrate this as a church and for you to see that these are the guys who are looking after our kids, that are overseeing the pioneering vision of our church and seeing that the kids' ministry is great and we don't just use it as a, some sort of daycare for our church or some place where we just sort of, hey, just send the kids over there and someone will look after them. No, it's not how we look at it. We really believe it's a nursery for church leadership. Really believe it's a, it's a it's a place where we can we can begin to put into kids and tell them who they are in Christ and let them know these are the promises of God and you can walk into this and grow and it's incredible. So we're so grateful for both of you guys. We wanted to pray for you. Wanted the church to pray for you. Jill and I to pray for you. So Jill, would you pray? Would you stand again? Is that okay? I'm sorry. If we could raise our hands to Aaron and Liz, we really want this to be a powerful moment of prayer. Jesus, we just thank you for these incredible two people that are standing on the platform right now. And God, we know that you've given it to them, this responsibility, this calling that you've put in their hearts. But God, you haven't just led them somewhere and left them. But God, you are leading them. You're guiding them. You're telling them how and when and where to do it all. So God, we thank you. It's by a glorious God's strength that comes only from you that they're going to walk this out over the next months and years. And God, that they're going to be filled so much by your spirit and given your strength so much in their weakness that it's going to be a joyful journey. God, that as they lead these youth and the kids, God, that the joy will overflow and it will just flow right down onto every single kid that walks into this church, into this building that they run into at Publix, that they see out in the streets. God, we thank you that there is going to be just a joy anointing on them and there's going to be some fun in that kid's place, but it's all going to come from knowing you, Jesus. So we thank you for them and we bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, guys. I just wanted to say, too, they, they are in the position of kids' pastors, and, and um, Liz is really in the day-to-day of that. There's a lot that goes on midweek with kids' ministry, and Colonial Kids is like, it really is a full-time thing, so she's full-time on staff, and Aaron's on staff part-time, and he, he's involved in a lot of other areas of church, obviously on the worship team. You saw him up here before, and he's heading up our video team now and doing lots of things, but they're married. They're together, so we're they're doing this thing together. They're carrying it together, and they're also doing youth oversight. So middle school and high school, they're overseeing from a staff perspective that our youth um, is where it needs to be, and you know, growing and doing great. So, so grateful for you guys, and it's so cool to be able to announce that this year. It's really cool because last year we announced Chris and Mallory as our young adults pastors, and um, you know, just seeing you know them flourish and then move forward. And I think young, young adults on a Tuesday night, we get somewhere around 70 or 75 young adults showing up to HQ. And um, it's just awesome. So I'm really, really excited about the future of Colonial Kids. It's going to be great. So it's all part of the vision. But hey, we have a big vision as a church. Hopefully you've caught that by now. If you've been coming to our church for a little while, hopefully you've caught, we've got a big vision. We believe God's literally just getting started and then we're moving forward. But I just wanted to read our vision statement. It says this, to build an exciting, vibrant, Bible-based church whose focus is Jesus. So we put God in the center of everything, but we also attach the Great Commission to it. And as we say this, our mission is to welcome people home. So we're called to stand out, in other words. We're called to be 
pioneers to reach a city and beyond. We're not just called to have a church in our city. We're actually called to change the culture of our city. And to see our city as we begin to serve it, as we begin to reach it, and as we step out and pioneer, knowing that we're called, that we truly can change the culture and the fabric of our city. That's what our church is called to be. It's not called to be some church that's swept away in a corner. No, it's actually called to make an impact in the city that we are. We're called to change our city. I'm believing for ordinary, everyday people who don't yet know this great God we serve to wake up to wake up, to be awake, spiritually opened up to this new life, to truly come alive and realize that God has so much for them because He loves them so much. That's the greatest commandment. It's love, but we need to be the love takers. We need to take the love out there into our city and to to show them how much God loves them. That's true impact. That's changing the culture. And I'm believing for a church that impacts the lives of people. And then for the people who take a mediocre approach to their Christianity. Man, I pray our church would be a light in their lives and they would shine so brightly that those people cannot simply continue that way. They just can't keep going that way. Something is jolted in them. Something changes in them. A light gets flicked on. They say, man, I shouldn't approach my faith like that. I've got to get excited about what God is doing. I believe our church can also do that as well. But I believe that's part of our future. But our church should be a catalyst for people. But I believe that's what Colonial Church is. That's our vision. And I believe that's our future. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We would love to connect with you. Join us on Sundays at church or visit us at www.colonialchurch.org.